Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Gabriel Devine. He is Titanic coming to you with another episode of Wrestling with the Locals. Today we've got another guy that can be a legend around the Mid-South area. He's done it all. He's been a part of a tag team that is phenomenous around here, you know. He's one of the, the great in-ring performers that's he did you know, he's done Memphis TV. He's done I mean, what what all I mean, what all has he not done is the better question. I mean I don't know because he carried me through a match. Did he? Yeah, I've never had the pleasure of working in the ring across from him. I've refereed a few of his matches, and he's given me several pointers for being in the ring. Second match ever. Second match ever. That's that's crazy because I wouldn't want to step into your ring with you. Your second match ever. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, none other than the Poker Face. Well, hell, y'all put me on so well. I didn't know if I want to jump in or not, but thanks for the, for the, for the hellified introduction, though. <laughs> You're well, welcome, brother. Well, we ex- usually expect people, when we put them over like that, to check is in the mail. Oh, <laughs> All right, now, hold on. Before we go any further, I need to know what the rules are here, because y'all know I, I, I cuss like a drunken sailor that's pissed off. So, hey, do I have- if you want to cuss, you cuss, because... You know what, okay. motherfucker? We've been around too damn long <laughs> trying to act like good kids now. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, so I just want to make sure I want to get that out the way because I don't want y'all doing post editing and have to sit there and sound like a flat line. Just beep. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. All right, so. Bomb at me. All right, so our first question that we ask everybody is just a, just a normal, straightforward. What year did you start and who trained you? Okay, I am not asking that, but I will tell you the truth. I, I want to do this. I never take myself for, you know, because I try to keep, I'm like a woman. I try to keep my age and the years in, but I've been, I've been on been alone that I probably should have. Uh, I was originally trained. I went to the, I guess when I say this, I'm kind of, kind of dating myself. I used to go to the USWA Wrestling Academy. I went there briefly. The USWA was still in uh, business, so anybody can go back and Google it. That kind of gives you an idea, you know, how long I've been in the business. And so I went there very briefly, but around money, and, you know, and I wasn't really trusting my vehicle at the time. And from that point on, you know, I just kind of was like on-the-job training of sorts. But as years went on, I was able to train with other people that kind of, like, polished me up, you know, um, you know, in particular, Molly, Motley Cruz and Tasha Simone. So I would say if, if I had two trainers, like I said, USWA, the Wrestling Academy, you know, and they just, you know, basically I learned, the, you know, every time I was there, I would learn this. I, I was familiar with the basics. I can't even say it was really learned. A lot of stuff I wasn't, you know, you know, that sort of time, you can't just learn, you know, can't learn the way, it, you know, technically needs to be. But then I was really, really trained and put, you know, put to the test. You know, training with uh, Motley Cruz and Tasha Simone. Right. Yeah, I can attest to that. Motley will put you through hell. Yes, very much so. So, uh, now that we know that you've been in the business for 40 years. <laughs> oh, okay, now it ain't been that, <laughs> it ain't been that long, man. I'm not being that. Ooh, no, no, uh-uh. <laughs> but you know what? Though? But the funny the thing is, though, you say that. And I have, you know, me and Ruby, we've had this conversation. I know I've had the conversation with Alan Steele. I do feel that, for the most part, I'm a lifer. You know, so whenever I do, you know, just, you know, because I've been, you know, I've been in the business so long, you know, that's pretty much all I know as far as, you know, something I'm very passionate about. So I say I can't ever see me not being a part of it some kind of way to where, you know, because like now, I've, you know, I've started and I've really sold my schedule down. So now, I, you know, with some shows, I work more behind the scenes, and I, I I really dig that role, you know. And you know, you know, and for so many years I sacrificed, you know, personal life and whatnot to where you know, okay, I kind of want to kind of live now and enjoy being a bachelor, you know. But at the same time, giving back, you know. So I don't, I'm not in the ring every, you know, every week. One while I was doing like maybe you know four or five matches a year, maybe six, you know, and I was good with that, you know. But I've already beat that so far this year, so so my schedule's kind of picked back up. But, I, you know, it's close to home, and I don't have any kind of complaints or anything. Now, I know when when I first started, and we won't go into how long I was, I've been around. Thank uh, you. <laughs> you, was, you was called Poker Face Bo Young. Where did the right. Bo Young come from? That was my grandfather. He was the one that got me interested in the rest of the business. So it was kind of me paying homage 
to him, you know, so I like I want to make my granddad, you know, part of this. So, you know, so that's where the, the Bo Young came from. You know, then as years went on, I had to kind of like, okay, well, now I paid, you know, my tribute to him, so now I got to put more of the focus on me, you know, so then I dropped, you know, the Bo Young part. I'd always wondered, I never knew, so I figured now that I got you on here, it'd be a good time as any to ask. Well, I thought, well, I thought we maybe had to call, well, I don't know, again, you've been around almost as long as I have, so I probably told you, and I probably forgot I told you, probably forgot I told you, too, so. Well, you got to remember now, I've been hitting the head by some moondog chair shots, and stuff. Yeah, okay, so that's probably part of the reason why I don't remember, you know, and I have, you know, memory lapses and everything, too. <laughs> so do you remember who your first match was against poker? Uh, my first match, this was here in Memphis, I had, um, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to think exactly. Uh, I know it was at the uh, uh, National Guard Armory here in Memphis. And I want to say it was, oddly, it was me and a, a little person. I was almost politically incorrect. Me and a little person versus Oz and a middle and a little person, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. That was my first match. That was my first match. Now, my first I think my first win was actually my third match, and it was against. Well, he was called Ripley Prim at the time, but he was, but he's known as Johnny Morton now, and that was in Luxville, Arkansas, and that was the first actual, you know, victory that I had. It was a tag team match. I can't remember who I tagged with, but I know it was uh, Ripley Prim and the late Rowdy Rebel. I remember that much. Oh wow! I yeah. haven't heard that name in a while, brother. Yeah, I know, right? Man, that's crazy. Uh, so, we'll, we'll we'll jump around a little bit here because I want to know about how Naughty by Nature came to be and how you were brought in to be a part of that. Well, with that, was originally, um, when I first met my uh, tag partners for Rude and Tully, I met them in action OCO. They came in, they used to ride with uh, Primetime Tim White. I'm really like bringing some names y'all probably heard in a while, but they were right up there with Primetime Tim White and stuff. So, so, of course, you know, you know, so I, you know, I met them, you know, hey, how you doing? No, that's pretty much it. And, and that's kind of how I am. Kind of like, hey, you know, how you doing? You know, and I probably won't talk to you that much. So, anyway, so years later when I left, you know, started wrestling in OCO, I started wrestling in um, Dyersburg. And so I ran back up on these guys and thought, yeah, we're really out from, you know, you know, and at that time I wasn't a ton of black guys wrestling anyway, so it's not like hard to not recognize them and stuff. So we're there, you know, we're talking and stuff like that. But, you know, it was just like, you know, hey, how you doing? That's kind of how it was. So then I started doing, you know, the, the it was as a WWF at the time. So I was doing shows with them. Then I started wrestling at, uh, I think it was MSWA in Gibson, you know, so, and then they were doing those shows. So every, you know, every weekend, every other weekend, we're doing shows together. Got a yada, so then, you know, so then I went from us just doing shows to like, okay, we're like, hey, why don't you just come stay the weekend? We can go to, you know, go to the club or something like that. So I, you know, come down there, and there's some humble. So I say one, you know, one weekend with Rude at his house, you know, then the next weekend I stay with Tully at his house. I guess so, you know, so we don't, then we're starting to ride the shows together and whatnot. So then, you know, Rube, so one night, man, Rube was just hanging. He's like, man, what do you think about, you know, riding with the group? You know, and I wasn't, you know, I was still learning, you know, for the most part, I was still a loner in the business. I never was able to kind of, you know, I would ride with, you know, certain guys came there would never just really ride with the guys and be able just to kind of, you know, bond with them. And, and, and Rube was like, you know, well, what do you think about joining the group? You know, and, and everywhere they went, you know, the crowd, you know, loved them or hated them, but they got a lot of attention. They were good at what they, you know, what they were doing. And they were always pretty much in prime positions. I guess so. I, you know, I couldn't, you know, from a business standpoint, I was green, but I wasn't stupid. I was like, well, yeah, okay. You know, which was kind of, you know, a natural thing, you know, and Rude was like, okay, well, you know, you know, you join the group, and he talked to Tully, Tully was like, cool. But like that, we we start, we became friends from that point. So instead of just co-wrestlers, we were like friends, you know. Then as time went on, we were like brothers. And I don't mean it in the ethnic term. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, we were like brothers, you know. And and so, um, you know, so then you know, and Tully was cool with it. And Rude was like, okay, well, this is going to be your role in the group. You're going to be more the mouthpiece. You know, so which he did most of the talking, so he slid over. But 
for the most part, and then I did most of the talking, you know. So, and then I was the smallest one, so I was a little irritating runt, the little yapping dog that everybody <laughs> hated and wanted to shut up and stuff, but it fit right in. I guess then being with them, Rue was all, you know, at that time, he was cooler-headed. Like then he would calm me down where I would get so upset. And again, I never had anybody just really just, you know, just take me on the wing and kind of teach me. They had been in business maybe like two years prior to me. You know, but, you know, Rue was able to spend, you know, a lot of time with some veterans, you know, in particular, you know, Bill Dundee. So what he learned from them, he was able to, like, look, dude, calm down. You know, like, then stuff, everything's cool. Don't take everything personally, bam, bam, bam. So it was like that. So I started, you know, when I started calming down, calming down, then I was, you know, my eyes were open. I started learning. I started, you know, soaking up, you know, whatever I could. And then when we, you know, y'all been on road trips, you when you're riding in the car to the towns, you know, you're talking about wrestling, you know, then we get to the club, we're talking about wrestling, you know what I'm saying? Or after a night for wrestling, we go back to one of their houses and we put the tape in from the night, you know, of our matches. And we talk about wrestling, so it was always, you know, so that's how I got a lot of my early education in the wrestling business. That's awesome, dude. That's really awesome. I know. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> no ego there. <laughs> I remember my first time meeting Rude and Tully over at uh, Dyersburg. I got to wrestle a match with them. And mm-hmm. uh, Rude was real giving. He, he, he was all about letting me look good. And then I had a partner, he came in, and then next thing you know, it was just a big old clusterfuck. And then it turned around. (laughs) Man, I'm shaking my head, because we've been down this lane before. I feel uh, bad for Ron Horn. You know, Ron Horn was my partner, and he he turned around, he went in there and just let him start, he told him to take the heat all of a sudden. And they went ahead, and they turned around, they was, uh, I know know they they were doing a three-day Right. And Rude turned around, he told him, he, he said, uh, just stay out of the way, you'll be all right. And I just stayed out of the way. I looked over, and they were doing a 3D on the concrete floor on, on him. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, and that, oh, that's one of the moves I'm glad we kind of gotten away from. Well, we don't tag that much anymore. But uh, but it depends on who's doing what. If I'm doing a lift and he's, you know, and he's doing like the diamond cutter RKO kind of maneuver, Right. Then we're fine, but whenever we switch roles and I try to do it, I almost always get knocked out. I almost <laughs> always get knocked out. I get sitting out, you know, then I had to kind of like roll out the ring and like, okay, big <laughs> Because I'm all loopy and stuff. That's, you know, another reason for the short term memory loss. Right. So, uh, what are some of the major companies? I mean, I know you've done a few things with WWE. But, like, locally, what are some of the major companies that you've had a hand in or that you've been on the card, and, and what are some of your biggest moments for you in your career so far? Um, for us locally, with the exception of WWE, um, Windy City Pro Wrestling, that was probably, like, the biggest independent. And at that time, I think it was the biggest independent company, at least on the west, on the east coast, I'm sorry. Like that, and I, I would say that was probably, like, the biggest, you know, and... Um, and before I had this really got trained, you know, because I, you know, I see stuff in the rest of the magazine, you know, you know, at the time, you know, they didn't have as many companies around and you didn't know how to, you know, they didn't have a Facebook and stuff, how to get in touch with people. So I always try to get in untrained to the, you know, to these shows and stuff. You know, of course, they were, you know, people at the helm, they were smart, right? Hey, you gotta, you know, get trained, gotta yawn and stuff. But we were able to, Able to you know, in like every place that I ever tried to get in, they got turned down. I eventually ended up going into. So I would say Windy City Pro Wrestling, and it was ran. And that's a lot of the knowledge that I have as far as running my events. I learned from working there. You know, they had television, and you know, then they did their live events. You know, which people aren't realize doing TV and doing live events are two different animals. Amen. You know, because you know the shows formatted differently. You know, other stuff. You know, um, a little closer to home. I have done matches when Power Pro was in business. It was never we me and Luke, we had a tryout match one time. You know, so I did uh I did trial match with uh for Power Pro, but it was more or less Rude's trial, but he's like, Well hey, I'll bring you know, poker face in, like that and stuff. You know, so I did a trial match for them and I did I did probably maybe a total of three shows for Power Pro. So I did that trial match for Rude. I did one at Christian Brothers uh university here in town and I did um I did one in West Memphis for them, you know. So that 
then Mentors Wrestling, you know, you know about that. And that was, you know, that was back in, I think I would work for them maybe like 05, well, 06 and 07, something like that. I, was, I did like two different stints there. And other than that, it shows here and there. I worked for some of the, you know, at the time, a lot of the NWA affiliates, like, you know, NWA Mid-South, which was in Dyersburg. I did uh, NWA Top Rope, which was in Nashville area. I did NWA uh, New South, which was in Greenville. We did NWA Southwest, which was in Texas. Um, and just, you know, this, I mean, pretty much this shows here and there, but those are probably like the most notable ones. You know, I did those spot shows and smaller indie shows here and there and stuff. So, you know, I, you know, I kind of like, you know, bounce around a little bit. And like I say, you said like the, you know, the highlight moments really was the whole WWE experience. Right. You know, and they you know nothing, you know, and all the, you know, the, I guess you could say heartache or the frustrations I had doing the shows in the local area, all that, you know, was preparing me for that. You know what I'm saying? You know, because when I walked, you know, and I had been to WWE shows prior to that as far as being a fan. You know, I was in the business. I had gone because you two, when they would come locally, you know, rude. His wife, we're gonna buy, you know, we, you know, she buy those tickets at the same time, so that way, you know, we all can sit near each other. So then they meet me here in Memphis, and we all go to, you know, at the time the pyramid was up, and we all go to see, you know, some of these, you know, maybe Raw, or maybe like just a live event, you know, during the week or something like that, and we do that. But it was one thing watching it as a fan, another thing doing it as a talent, you know, and back in 03, that kind of happened by accident, you know, it was like Alan Steele and Rude were booked. You know, for WWE, and but I had the most dependable ride at the time. I'm like, okay, well, uh, hey, you know, you got me the ride, you know, I, you know, I drive you like that and stuff. Of course, you know, the rule always bring you back like that and stuff. And at that time, you know, just you know, about it being summertime, I was helping my dad out with the, he, you know, he's a contract, so I, you know, I was, you know, whenever I had free time, I'd help him out, and I wasn't eating properly, and I was working out at 100 degree weather. You know, so I had, you know, I was never a big guy. You know, at the time, I think I was probably tops maybe. Maybe like, um, maybe like 170 something. I had dropped down like 158 pounds. So we get there, you know, WWE, and this was the first night. This was September 2003. And, um, so, you know, Alan and Rue, we got there, we got there like super early, you know what I'm saying? You know, and what I'm about to tell y'all, people who are watching, who are listening to this, I advise up, don't try this. Like I said, I was blessed and things were done differently back then with WWE. But we got there so early. I didn't get to the spot by security or anything like that. And now you try walking down there, they got your name on um, like on a tablet. And they're, you know, if your name is down on the list, you will not get in whatsoever. Right. So we got there early. They were still setting up. And so then, you know, so, you know, so as I was going, I started starting after the news over all the extra guys coming in. And so they were doing the count. And, um, and they had ran short a guy. And, and a lot of people don't know this, and I've told the story, though. That Rude was going. They were they were booked for you know Raw and SmackDown, and Rude he was going to he was going to fake an injury, and that way I would have a chance to wrestle on SmackDown Damn. the next day. Yep, yep. I kid you not. But yeah, he never right. had to do it that's because a, that's love for a brother right there. That's some real shit right there. That's that's some real shit. But they by the, by the fact that they had you know they were you know Sergeant Slaughter was going over like you know the roster of the extra guys. And it was short one, and I heard, you know, so you know, he's standing across from us with, I don't know who it was, one of the other WWE officials, like, well, we're short one guy. So Rude, like, nudges me, like, man, say something, say something like that. You know, so I waved my hand, like, I'm in class, like, oh, excuse me, Sarge, um, I drove these two guys right here. I said, but I brought my bag, and I said, if you need an extra guy, he's like, you got your, you got your bag? I'm like, yes, sir. We'll go out and get it. And that's right there. It wasn't even so much a match. That right there was a highlight. Because I did everything sort of skipping to the damn car. Right. Seriously. I mean, I'm like, I mean, my heart's all pounding. And I'm trying not to, you know, not to, you know, and I always try to play, play everything cool. But I'm about to shit on myself, man. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I had stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I go, and I'm like, I'm like, smile. I'm like, oh, fuck. I get stuff. So then, you know, I go get my bag and stuff. So then, you know, so then, uh, I was, um, and this is, and, and I was telling you how much weight I lost. And actually, that came, that actually kind of helped me. You know, the next night. So anyway, so we do the deal, and, you know, so I'm in a, so they just put me in a tagging hat. You know, so they put me in a tag hat. It was me, and this, uh, John Heidenreich. No, 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 no. Back up with me and Tyson Tomko. 
Florida is another local guy, which was a guy that ended up being my tag partner the next night on SmackDown, well, when the SmackDown taped Me and Tyson Tomko went against Heidenreich and a guy named Scott Fantastic. You know, so we did the match with him. So I'm like, okay, I'm the smallest son of a bitch in this ring. So I gotta, I gotta be the star. You know, and, and, and Heidenreich and Tomko were underdeveloped at the time. So they were contracted guys. So that was, that was who they were really looking at. You know, but I'm like, okay, well, you know, me being me the hand I have, like the opportunity, I'm going to make the most of it. Right. So I was like, so I've made the point that I was a star that man. No shit. I was a that man. It was a dark man, so it's like, and I would love to see it, I guess, stuff, but it's one thing that I probably had to just, like, really, like, like, you know, big or something like that and shit, you know, you know, uh, another year if it's get it. But, you know, but that was, you know, but then when we were going out there at the time, the, the largest crowd I had ever wrestled from, I was like 3,000. That was, our first match up in Chicago. Well, actually, it was for Windy City, but it was in Hammond, and it was their Super Show of the Year. You know, so at that time, I had only wrestled in front of 3,000 people, and even then, it was like a three-ring, 120-man battle royal. So I'm out there with, you know, 100, 119 other guys, so I wasn't as nervous, I guess, but then when, we, when I did the dark match, you know, you get 10,000 people there. So we're about to go through the curtain, you know, to go on the, what they call the gorilla position, and I'm about to start kicking. I'm like, well, seriously, Leaning over the garbage can, about to, you know, up shut. So I get his stuff. So Tom Crow's like, man, don't worry about it. He said, hey, like, hey, I'll, 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 you know, I'll, you know, make sure everything works. And that right there snapped me out. Of, I'm like, no, fuck this. No, I'm fucking face for the bucket. Every shit. And so I picked the fuck up. So I took my 158 pound ass out there, shit, and I did the damn thing. You know what I'm saying? I did the damn thing, and I ain't no chance with Vincent Man. Johnny Ace talked to all four of us, and I was spattered. You know, where they could have just you know, told me the other guys go, you know, just, you know, get the hell out. But they, you know, they got all four of us to the side, and they just, you know, they critiqued the match. You know, and Vince came right there and shook our hand. You know, and I'm like, awestruck. You know, this is like this fucking McMahon. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, I mean, I'm like, seriously starstruck. You know, like that, and he talked, you know, he talked with us and stuff, you know, and critiqued all four of us. I'm like, wow, you know, that's cool as shit. You know, and I was able to just even take that advice. And you know, and it applies to other things that I did in the future. You know, so then the next night, I wasn't as nervous as we but I was, I, you know, I, I got that one match, so I wasn't very, really worried about working SmackDown. You know, then they, um, you know, but I had to drive, you know, because I had Allen and Ruth, and um, I was going to do a dark match, you know, and so then we were in the arena area, then uh, one of the referees came out there, and he was like, which one y'all spoke about, which was amazing, they let me use my name. Then I meet him up, they use my, my uh, poker face name. And I'm like, if you're not going to be in a dark match, you're going to have an actual match against the Bashams, you know, which was the WWE Tag Team Championship at the time. You know, I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm thinking, so maybe we'll be on SmackDown, but I was on, like, the C show. You don't know. So we, yeah, I was on Velocity. Like, yeah. so, but hey, I was still cool with it. I think at that night, there may have been, it wasn't a sellout, it was so maybe like, maybe like, 5,000, 6,000 people that night. But still, you know, the pressure was on, you know, and I, and I was nervous. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, but again, you know, I'm a game day player, so no matter how nervous I am, you know, I'll, once I hit that curtain, you know, I'll never show it. I might be, like, hitting bricks on the inside, you know, but I'm going to play pool on the outside. You know, then I was, again, able to try to see, you know, I'm going to run in the ring, but I was able to, you know, make sure that the, the spotlight, I stole it. So... There you go. I know that was a long way to answer the question, but that, I mean, there you go. It ain't too shabby when you got Taz sitting there building you up, too. Yeah, that was cool, but it had been real good if, if, uh, if, if a man was building you up and gave my ass a contract. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, <laughs> you know what it was, what it was. You know what I'm saying? So, but that, you know, those, like I said, when the song said, go get your bag, that right there with the head, that was, that was, that was the, the, the biggest moment of my wrestling career. You know, and... Like I said, it just, I mean, it was, it made everything, all the bullshit that I've dealt with as doing Andy's, it made it work. It made it work, that, you know, and, you know, and like I said, you know, and I was, I was small as shit at the time. I did the stuff, and, you know, but it was like, okay, hey, you know, I'm going to use that as a crutch, or I'm going to use that to my advantage, and I said, shit, I'm going to make it use it to my advantage. I guess I got 10,000 people, you know, watching me, and I don't know when I ever get that opportunity again, so I'm going to make the most of it, you know, and like I said, I was prepared, I've always been good. Ring-wise, it's just always a thing, you know, at that time, you know, things are different now, but at that time, WWE, you know, it just, it was still a big man sport, you know what I'm saying? So 158 pounds 
with the exception of like Spike Dudley, I had absolutely no fucking chance of getting a job there. <laughs> you know? That's funny. I know it's always cool, you know, for me to watch somebody that I know personally, you know, make it there. And I mean, even if it's just, you know, getting your ass whooped by some, you know, some guy, you know, some jabron or whatever. I mean, it's still cool as shit. Right, right. I remember. Okay, it, I remember. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I remember. I, I don't know if I ever told you about this, but the uh, when I was trained, when I was being trained, dog was training me. He was training me as a big guy, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, that the when we found, I found out that I was wrestling you. I know you weighed like a buck twenty-five, probably at the time. I was like, uh, dog, how am I, I going to sell? How am I supposed to sell? How am I supposed to bump on with him? Oh, it's okay. He'll make sure you bump. <laughs> <laughs> I had my, that tape, I had that, I, I had that tape. It's actually with my uh, cousin. She wanted to see it. And she still has right. it to this day. It's the one where you super kicked me outside on the concrete and I bumped on the floor and you went, oh. Oh, oh. I, oh shit, I remember that. It was like, <laughs> That's yes, I, damn, I ain't thought I you. I remember that, but I had, I think I had borrowed, I may have borrowed the thing from the Fox had it and I think I borrowed it and I watched it and I'm like, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, he's a better motherfucker than me. Everybody's like, damn, that was a nice bump on the concrete. <laughs> Uh, oh, like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck that, like, man. You couldn't get me to try to get shit down. You know, you connected right there in front of the crowd. I mean, you got to, you know. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> but that's when it all came to me. It all clicked to me about how this business worked. Right, because, right. I mean, they were only teaching me, you know, a, the big man way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, you know, I wrestled who I did the first match, and... <clears throat> You know, that's one of the guys that were first starting, too, when I first started. Right, right. So, when I got in the ring with you, it was totally different aspect. Right. And, you know, it was a big guy, little guy thing, and <clears throat> that's when it all kind of clicked to me a little bit. Of course, you know, just, you know, on my second match, I mean, then it kind of, you know, it's not that I just knew everything, but it's, it's now the, the wheel's rolling and it's starting to make sense. Right. And I... I I've always... You mean you got something over to make sense with? No, not much. <laughs> but I, <clears throat> having that match with, he, with with you was really, really got me going in the in the business when I first started. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Oh, I feel so hungry. I, I don't want you to hear my... <laughs> <Almost>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put you over for a minute, too, because, I mean, we've never stepped in the ring together, you know, across from each other or teaming up, but... You know, you helped me out a lot when I first met you. You, you know, I was coming to Memphis and watching, trying to get my chance to ref for them, and I was refing at Osceola, and then I started wrestling over there. And you always went above and beyond to give me pointers and and tell me how to be more out there and, and be more energetic and more charismatic. And every show I worked on with you after that, man, I, I just want you to know I appreciate it. You really did help me out a lot. Oh man, thanks. And, and I and I feel you know that that's you know guys. That have been around. That that's our job. That's the with, with you know that's the one we have given back, and, and that's kind of what I do now because you know I know some of y'all know you know in their times you know I'll I'll go on my little rants or whatever, and I bitch about you know the ills of the business, but at the same time you know I try to you know fix certain things. You know what I'm saying? If it's like giving guys advice, you no, know, it's. There've been times, you know, that people, you know, guys that I don't know, they would like they'll message me and they'll be like, "Man, you know, hey, I heard, you know, this and that," you know, and they they'll want me to critique their matches or they'll want um, to critique. They'll send me like they'll do like promos. Hey, can you tell me what you think about this? And like I said, the guys, and I just don't know, you know, but the fact and they and I say it'll be like all hours of the night, you know, and I was like, okay. You know, then I'll, I'll watch. And I said, okay, they thought enough of me to ask for my input. I said, I could at least, you know, you know, you know, do what they request like that. So I'll do it. 
you know, and I tell guys, again, you know, with anything, like the outfits and complain, you know, say my piece, but at the same time, I won't tell you nothing then I, and, and not try to help you. And I think that's what a lot of guys, like old-timers, they'll do. They'll sit there and they'll bitch and complain about, you know, what's going on in the locker room, what's going on in the business now. Okay, but then help the guys out. You know what I'm saying? I know some guys don't want to don't want to hear it, and I get that. But there's some guys that want to soak it up, and then you know, and it's plus by how I carry myself because you know, not tell people you got to kind of know me to kind of appreciate me and to love me and to get me. You know, because I don't think I'm mean, I don't personally think I'm as abrasive as you know as my because me and my sister we had this constant argument because she thinks I'm I'm, I'm a constant ass. I'm an ass when I have to be. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, I'm the guy that will, you know, from a wrestling standpoint, man, I've given back so much. And I'm not saying it's to toot my horn, but, it, you know, to justify when I do bitch about it. Okay, I'll tell you, you know, you know this. And a lot of stuff that I hate about wrestling, really, it's more that this is like the, you know, this the, the high school shit. That's what I, I kind of hate, you know what I'm saying? Or the well, people in the business that shouldn't be in the business, and I'll bitch about that. You know, guys not taking it seriously, guys not making a sacrifice. Everybody wants to be a superstar. You know, not necessarily a WWE superstar. And I get that now because I used to think if you're not trying to get in WWE, why the fuck did you do this? You know what I'm saying? But then, as I started getting older and was briefly domesticated and all that, and I kind of get that, you know, I said, because you know, if you're in WWE and you have, you know, you're your first kid, you're going to miss, you know, the first haircut, the first steps, the first words. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, that's not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So I get that now. But still, I, for the guys who do want to be stars, you know, whether it's in, you know, New Japan, whether it's WWE, if it's Impact, you know, Ring of Honor, or if it's Lucha Underground, they're not, they're, they're so comfortable with staying at home and comfortable with being cheered by the high school chums. You know, being cheered by, you know, because all their families, all their family members come, and they're comfortable with that, you know, then they want to be a superstar, you know, and they're, they're satisfied with being quote unquote big fish in a little pond and I was never that guy I always wanted you know because when I first started you know you know, my honestly I mean my goals were small you know, I didn't know any better you know but I was like I want to wrestle Channel 5 you know what I'm saying to me that was Madison Square Garden right. Channel 5 that little bitty ass studio on Union Avenue like that and stuff but then after I done it you know, and I started you know you know, traveling a little bit more you know you know the other you know because one way I would tell people this and I would give Moondog his credit we and Carl, I'm I'm I think you may have been around the time. We had pretty much a full schedule. We were doing sometimes four shows a week. We do yeah, Friday, we do Saturday, Sunday afternoon, then we do Sunday night. Yeah, we would do. You Sunday know what I'm saying? So I stayed in the ring. We do Friday. Friday nights would be Osceola. Saturday would be Mark Tree or someplace Osceola, like that. Osceola, or something like that. Yeah, so, uh, Sundays would be like Gosmo in the afternoon and Dixie at night. At night, exactly. You know, and so and I tell people, I said, so I've done, you know, for the most part, you know, what equates now to a full time schedule. Like, and so I said, so, you know, so I was always in the ring. Right. I had this stuff, you know, so I got the time, you know, and I had, you know, but I needed to, for what I wanted, I needed to travel because I had the charisma. I didn't know how to put it together. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and it's like, you know, it, it's like with any, any kind of learning. You know, you can, I mean, what are you going to do stay in 12th grade forever? Again, so eventually you got to go to college. You know, and then eventually you got to go to grad school. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like that. So I started going out, you know, then I you know, started wrestling in the Dysburg area and going to, you know, all the little towns in Tennessee. Then, was then you know, started doing little stuff in Kentucky. Then, you know, out from there, like I said, you know, um, in you know, Illinois, Indiana, and you know, Mississippi. You know, so I started branching out then being able to be in the same, you know, ring or the same, you know, locker room as, you know, veterans that I watch you know, as kids that, you know, have been places I probably never go and still you know, make the money I probably never made. I did just sit there, you know, and I, you know what I'm saying, sit there, you know, and, you know, like Brickhouse died, you know, passed away, you know, and I had conversations with him, you know, and learned, you know, some things, you know, and uh, Tracy, small Tracy Moe is like one of my top favorite series. I, I, I'm like a big you know, I, I mean, I was great to be in Trace Smothers' press, you know, and, you know, and just sitting with him, you know, how nice he is. That's why I tell people, I said, I'm not the dick that you think I am. I said, because, you know, what have I done in comparison to the other guys to be a dick to other people? I said, now, I may be short with it. I'll speak. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm focused. And that's it. And then I guess because I don't just really, like, jump in your lap and start telling you how my day went, then people confuse that being stuck. No, I don't do it. I just, I'm just not, I'm not like that in my personal life. You know, I'll speak. I'll be nice. I'll be cordial. 
And that's it. You can pretty much kiss my ass in between the time that, you know, that happens and when I leave. Right. You know, but I'm nice. I said, because guys, you know, like Coco be where I love Coco, too. Coco's always been nice to me. I said, so guys, you know, Coco's been on WrestleMania. He's a WWE Hall of Famer. So that guy can be nice. Why can't I be nice to the guys around here? And I haven't done a quarter of what Coco has done. You know what I'm saying? So I am, you know, contrary to probably, I am humble. You know what I'm saying? And I do know that my shit stays probably real bad, depends on what I'm eating. You know, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, you know, serious. I'm a nice guy. You know, and I, and I, but I want to be around, and I want people to respect this business. It's mean people who have lost a lot. You know, and like, look at dog. You know what I'm saying? Lost. You know, and I mean, he pretty much lost his life doing what he loved. You know what I'm saying? So for people to take it lightly and not respect it, that's bullshit. Now, I'll probably down there, well, I can't say I'm going to say, but I would probably put a hurt on somebody, you know, for that. You know what I'm saying? If it's in my presence, what happens when I'm not there, you know, maybe eventually I get around, I don't know, I don't, well, I might stop, you know, I don't appreciate and I won't be around people who don't respect the business. You know what I'm saying? There's people who sacrifice just their ability just to get around. You know, look at Jaws. You know what I'm saying? He got power the wrong way. He's in, you know, he's in a wheelchair for life. Right. So people who have, you know, sacrificed their health for this, sacrificed their families, miss, again, they're trying to provide for their families, miss the first words of, you know, the child, the first haircut, the first day of school, and all that. You know, so, you know, so one thing I won't do, I won't disrespect it, and I respect it. That's why when I talk and I bitch and complain, I tell people, yeah, it's anger, but it's justified anger. You know what I'm saying? It's from the passion I have and knowing the roots of it and what people have done. Even though, you know, I'm and I'm blessed that I have never been, you know, you know, you know, like seriously injured to where I'm in a wheelchair. And like, I've gotten hurt, trust me, and there's been times I have to take time off. But, I was, but I'm still like now, I'm, you know, since all the time we've been doing this, I've been walking around, so I'm still fine. And after all these years of doing it, I'm still relatively healthy. You know, and, and I tell you, that's why I'm so passionate, and that's why I try to give back whenever I can, you know, so that way, you know, guys coming up, you know, I try to teach them, which I've never just, you know, trained anybody. I've learned it, and I've trained with people, but I've never trained them from ground zero. You know, like Rude, a lot of times he'll coach people. He'll get them trained, but he'll train them. Then he'll send them to me where I'm at, then I'll coach them, and I'll teach them. You know, and I'm, I'm unlike a lot of other trainers. I start teaching the business of the business. I teach you, you know, the importance of merchandise. You know what I'm saying? Then I also teach you the importance of being able to talk on the microphone. You know, I teach you, know, you know, try to teach you the importance of wrestling uh, smart. You know what I'm saying? So that way, you know, you know, after wrestling ten years, you know, you're not, you know, you know, walking around like an eighty year old man, which we all walk funny, like that and stuff, because of, you know all the bumps and bruises. But for the most part, save your body. Wrestle smart. Wrestle with your head, not with your ego. Right. You know, and that's what I and that's what I give back. And I go you know, and this is when I do my events. And I teach you know I put you know like one guy Brandon Ball. That's my boy. You know I put him in the position. Okay, my last bit. Okay, you're gonna you're my second command. So anybody got any problems, they got to answer to you. You make certain decisions. You know, uh, on the other one of my buddies he wrestles around here, Kevin Black. Same thing. I called him one morning like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow at nine o'clock? He was like, nothing. I swear, put on the motherfucking suit and pick your ass up at 9 o'clock. You're going to go with me when I go sponsor hunting. Yeah. I said, you just shut the hell up. Don't tell nobody what you're seeing, and you learn. You absorb all this shit. See, I do all that shit. So I'm saying? So I give back. So, you know what I'm saying? So if you can, and I tell anybody, try to learn as much from, you know, and wear, different, wear as many different hats as you can, but that way it can make you a better, you know, from a you know, in-ring standpoint, it'll make you better because, you know, you understand things, uh, you know, a whole lot more. You know, I didn't understand. You know, I was always wondering why the money was bullshit a lot of times, you know, until I was, you know, put in a position where I had to start paying guys. You know, when I was put in a position of being a booker, then I started understanding what the bookers went through. When I got in a position of being a promoter, I could understand what the promoters went through. So that has changed me over the last five years. Like, okay, I get this shit now. I get it now. Okay, so let me calm and let me chill the fuck out, you know. I'll but give I you a shout out on that though, because you were the first person when I was reffing to tell me, you know, you may be a ref, but you can sell gimmicks, man. Set a table up, sell some action figures, make some pictures of yourself, do it, do you know, do do referee pictures. Because capital, I mean, capital. I tell people this, you know, make you know, with, with anything, man. I always preach people. I say, make your own opportunities. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I tell, and I really preach. And I the man, Ruth, we were talking about that. We were hanging out. Uh, Saturday night, and I was telling you know because when I first met him, I will say this, but I'm the kind of person. It can be the best idea in the world, and I know it works, but I have to do it when I'm ready to do it. Right. 
Right. I, that's just how I am with everything. It has it has to be done when I'm ready to do it. And Rude used to do this, and I was like, you know, and at the time I knew he would get, he would go to uh, like Walmart, and he'd get these Hanes undershirts. I don't think it was a little thing that you put on your dress shirts, your t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And he and he made a stencil. He made a stencil, like a cardboard stencil. And he and he got uh, like some uh, like aerosol can that had uh, airbrush uh, paint in there. And he would paint NBN. At that time, we were called NBN. And he was and he would sell those at the little small shows, maybe like five bucks or like that. And he and he'd make his money because you know we were getting shit really just in the envelope. But that's how he made his money. And I was like, that's the coolest shit. And so I tried it. I half ass tried it. It didn't work. So I said, fuck it. Period. When I say half ass tried, I already tried it one time. And I said, fuck it. I didn't do it no more. You know, it was like the last series, like the last. Uh, 10, 11 years, then I started on the merch night, and then I'm realizing, you know, you know, then like I said, you know, I really came with my own as far as in the ring, you know, making that that that, that strong connection with the crowd, you know. So you know, in also, I mean, I used to make a lot of money selling, you know, selling merchandise. I used to wrestle. This was even within the last year or so, wrestle in like Tupelo or Oklahoma, Mississippi. You know, and I'm, you know, I you know, walk out, you know, with you know, for that crowd size. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure if I was. You know, like the fattest ones you should make, they said like, so I make like $3,000 a week on merchandise. I get it, so, so I'm pretty sure I would make more, but you know, I'd make, you know, you know, so much money on merchandise. I really didn't even have to get paid that night. I'm glad I did. You know, I wasn't that, thing. I wasn't that stupid. You know, <laughs> you know, so, and I, and I really, you know, stressed, like, and when Rude, he had trained these three, they were uh, brothers and sisters, yeah. like that, and, um, to the, the born supremacy, Stephen, Joseph, and Nicole. Yeah, you know, and when they got to, when Rude had to take some time off, he had, you know, he had some issues at another show, so he left there, and he had to go have surgery. He was like, and he gave them the option, like, look, y'all can kind of go out on your own, or y'all can come to Ripley. I was booking there in Ripley, Tennessee, or y'all can go under poker. And they chose to go into me, which is probably one of the wildest decisions they ever made. You know, and I would I would get there early. We would train, you know, and I and I would sit there and, I, and a lot of times I would lecture them more times like I'm doing now than I would in the ring. I'm like, you know, I anybody can teach how to wrestle. I got to teach how to be smart, how to make you know make wise decisions, don't do stupid shit, which I've never made a lot. You know what I mean, and I'm blessed because of the fact I was a rude. I didn't do really do. I didn't immature shit. You know what I'm saying? Just me, just, you know, just dumb shit like this being, you know, me growing the, you know, the hell up. I guess stuff, but I didn't do, you know, I never came anywhere impaired or fucked up or high or anything like that. You know, maybe, you know, well, I ain't gonna tell you how I pregame. That's another story. Carl, I'm pretty sure you can test to that. So, but, but that's another story. You know, but I never, but I've never come in like when I had to wrestle fucked up. I never done that, you know, and I tell them, you know, they're like, hey, I'll protect y'all, look out for y'all. I said, but, you know, I don't get into the drug shit. I said, so you start doing that stupid shit, you're on your own. You know, then Nicole, I really, and I told her this, you know, and, and Nicole Bourne, and, uh, when I first met, I didn't like her. I didn't like her like that and stuff, but then, you know, she, you know, they was like, okay, I'm going to stick her with me. She's going to be my manager. It was just supposed to be my manager. I said, you know, and that way she can learn. So it wasn't me trying to make, you know, put the moves on anything, because I'm all business. I had stuff, and then we became, she went from being my manager from wrestling to, like, one of my best friends in the world. I mean, we were, like, seriously, like, close and close, closer and closer. Like, she's like, you know, we cried together, we would drink together, and to this day, and I hope she hears it, I'm going to tell her after I get up to the interview, she can outdrink any man I know a lie. I believe that. Yes, she can outdrink any, and I love her to death. I was at her wedding, I met her, you know, her husband, I met her kids, like that. And I mean, and, and and that's, you know, and but I always stress to them, like, hey, you know, merchandise, you know. So one day I came up there, and I, you know, I'm not a professional photographer. I'm like, hey, we're going to take pictures with you. So I had a digital camera. We took pictures, got on the belt. Then I did the, uh, then I did her brother's shirts. I made them some, I screen printed them some shirts. And then I think Danielle was selling some, uh, I had made the screen print Danielle some hand, headbands. And why did every one of them motherfuckers outsell me that night? <laughs> so I made no money. Well, I was happy, though. I was happy. Like, that stuff, because it's like, now y'all see why I say don't always, you know, you know worry about what you, I mean, yeah, be concerned about what you, you know, what you're going to get paid that night. But, you know, I always have a plan B. But, you know, promoters are stiff, and you might not get nothing. But if you made some money, then, you know, they were at home anyway. They stayed in the town. But they'll give them practice on selling merchandise and everything. And I was like, of course, when they run out of merchandise, you know, I was making everything, so they got to come back to me and buy some more. So it's like, you know, so I, it was so it was a win-win for me. Right. 
Right. It was a win-win for me. I like, had stuff, but I always stressed it. You know, and, and, and not to them. I had other people that come in that would train and work out with us, and I lectured them because, again, a lot of people that were trained, the people who trained them weren't qualified. They weren't qualified to train because they didn't. They they haven't done done shit. And when I say that they hadn't went out and just learned what it is that we do. Right. You know, they stick around their hometown. You know, they may meet you know somebody that's of name value, and all of a sudden they like fucking on Vince McMahon speed dial according to them. You know, so what I do, I like let them know. You know, I have no problem letting people know how dumb they are. I had stuff at the same time. I'm going to teach you right. You know what I'm saying? If it's just you know from a, you know how to save your body again, how to try to make money, and you know and try to how to make the connection with the crowd. I try to use. I try to make you think. I try to make you think. You know, and that's why I think. You know, by me, you know, being willing to give back like that. That's why I think I got you know the respect. And hopefully, I got some respect for uh, the respect that I do now. You got our respect, brother. Yeah, Which I appreciate I, I remember, that. You know, I remember going as a kid and seeing all these pictures and stuff like that. When I first, and then when I started, and then they had some guy coming in from Indiana, I believe, and he was like doing uh, professional pictures for LaFrance and Sandra and them. So I went ahead and I was like, well, I'll, I'll do it too. And so I, you know, I had some done, which I mean, you can't do too much professional on, on this, but <clears throat> then they, uh, somebody was making uh, t-shirts around there uh, and I got hooked up with them. And the first show that I had, I went and bought three, three shirts of each size, small, medium, large, extra large. And the first show I sold every one of them out. Mm-hmm. And then turn around. I, I turn around. <clears throat> I, th- I thought that was just the coolest thing, of course, you know. And then, of course, you know, a couple of years later, uh, the old mall that was up in Jonesboro, one of my shirts were in there. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, I'm just going through and looking at all these small clothes in there because, you know, <clears throat> nobody makes real clothes. And uh, <laughs> I look and I was like, holy shit. And they and it had it. They had it marked down like five dollars. And she poor. You know, I I sold this thing for like ten. <laughs> and he turned around. And he's like, "What?" So I pulled it up, and of course, it still had my picture. And everything. And I said, "Look, oh shit, that's you." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Here, sign it." I turned around, signed it. They turned around. And they they put it up to ten dollars. Oh shit! Look at you. Yes, a resale value finally. <laughs> <laughs> So, Poker, how can, uh, if, if, I mean, this is up to you if you want to get bookings and stuff. If a promoter wants to reach you, is there a certain way? You got an email, Facebook, Twitter, whatever? Uh, I, I'm not totally against bookings, but of course, you know, like now I'm really looking at it from a business standpoint. You know, so, you know, I, if they make me an offer I can't refuse, then hey, I'll take it. But, um, I'm trying to think the best way if you want to get me. I'm trying to think the easiest. Okay, you can, um, if you look up Poker Face on, on, uh, Facebook, you just type in Poker Face, and it'll probably, okay, and probably a couple of them will pop up, but you look for Queen Williams Poker Face, and you can send me a message there, or you can reach me at, on Twitter, at Poker Face Events. The events with an S, you gotta make it plural, people. Everybody forgets that. At Poker Face Events, it's all one word on Twitter. Make sure you put an S on events, and you can send me a direct message, or you can tweet me on there. And you know, if it's you know, if it's an offer I can't refuse, then hey, we can talk business. But if you ain't got the money, save your energy. There you go. And with the Poker Face Events, what events do y'all have coming up? You got anything you want to plug that's coming up? Uh, I can plug it, but we still got like eight months on um, April 27th, which is, hey, shit, I just thought about it. I should have made a big announcement about that. But we're eight months away from my seventh solo event, which is Milton Mayhem 6 Rise and Fall in Milton, Tennessee at the N82 Gymnasium 7915 Memphis Avenue, located off base diagonal from the Milton Police Department. Oh, wow. See, I say this so much, it's like I really did it off the top of my head. But that'll be my, my uh, seventh event. And like I said, it's going to be April 27th. And um, we're looking to put 2,000 asses in those seats in the building. At my last event, we did around 500, so we're going to quadruple the number this time. So 
So we're going to put 2,000 asses in those seats. So it will be the largest independent wrestling event that this region, this area has seen in many, many moons. So on April 27th, we're getting 2,000 asses in there. Y'all watch what I say. We'll have to bring you back on and let you promote it some more closer to time, brother. That way we can help you out. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. You haven't called me yet about my booking yet on that one. Tell you now. I figure if you wanted 2,000 people, you'd be booking me already. Well, you know, man, I talked to the agent and shit, man. We just couldn't come to terms, man. Like I said, you he could do it. Them, no, you get... Hell, it's just a hot and, dog and a soda shit. <laughs> more than one and look, time. and then they were like, they said, you want the you want Titanic or you want the love boat? I'm like, I don't know. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'll do the love boat if you paint the belly. <laughs> With the blonde hair and everything, just the love boat. Uh, those are some memories. <laughs> So I had to get you back for that Bo Young comment. So there you go. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I feel like I was kind of a lucky guy because I got to, when I first started, man, I got to be in a locker room with some of the greatest talent. Dude, I mean, and, and I and I miss it, you know, and it's like. You know, and I look at, you know, you know, and I'm still kind of in touch, you know, especially with, you know, with social media. I'm still in touch with some of the guys like, you know, Ron McClatt. And I hadn't seen Ron in a minute, but, you know, every now and then we might send a message to each other on Facebook or something like that. You know, Ron was like, I think, honestly, Ron was one of the guys who didn't get the shot that they deserved. Because Ron yes. was like, and I'm, t- and I'm, and I'm going to, and I'm going to message him, tell him how I'm like, you know, you know, like really just like, you know, just, Superstar over his ass right now. Ron, this was a couple years back we were wrestling Jonesboro, and I had at that time Ron had just probably just started back wrestling. It was him and this guy named JD Carey, and they were wrestling. And I don't, you know, a lot of times on my shows, I watch a little bit of what's going on, you know, but I'm still trying to do my thing. I was at the curtain watching him, and JD, and JD, seriously at the time was like 16. And him and Ron were going there, and that was probably. Including my matches, one of the best matches I had here ever seen or been a part of in this area. And I was, I mean, serious, and they made me realize why I love this business. Jay Carey and Ron McClary, I kid you not. Let me tell you, I was, uh, when I left O'Shell for the first time, uh, they asked me to leave over some, some bad circumstances, personal circumstances, uh, so I left and I went and wrestled over for Motley as one of the extreme infants. So then, oh Lord, I contacted Dog about coming back over. Well, the first weekend back, we were in Steele, Missouri, on that Saturday night. And when I left Osceola, for the whole time that I was there, I never took heat. I never. I worked a tag team. I worked pretty much tag team the whole time in comedy. So, my first match back was against Ron McClarity in Steel. Mm-hmm. And, he, and we went 27 minutes. I was, mm-hmm. I was blowed up in 15. And he turned around. Oh, yeah. Every time I thought we were fixing to go, nope, it ain't time to go yet. Then, see, you know, here comes the turnbuckle. I throw him in the turnbuckle. Turnbuckle mm-hmm. pops out. And he turns around. He goes, well, we got to go now. <laughs> I mean, Ron's serious to man. Ron, you're, you're definitely going to school and you're learning a lot when you. Oh, so because I was like, you know, you know, in Jonesboro, I was like, you know, and not to toot my own horn, but to toot, I was one of the, you know, again, and I was, and I was going to give another uh, a shout out to Red Dog Rodney Matt because he, I started training with him in uh, in Jonesboro. I mean, but you know, I had already been in the business and I knew what I was doing, but again, you know, this guy that's really been in the trenches in WWE, you know, Rodney being a pure athlete, you know, played football, and a lot of people know uh, Rodney fought MMA as well, right. along with the pro wrestling. You know, so we get in there and we train, and I first met, I had met Rodney, honestly, I met Rodney first time when I went to WWE the first time, back in 2003. And after my match, he got pulled me and a couple, you know, other guys to the side, and, you know, and gave us, you know, and, and like, man, you know, good match, and gave us some pointers. And I was like, you know, this is Rodney Match, you know, cool, he's talking to me. Like that. So then I met him again, um, and uh, they brought him, brought him and Jazz in to Memphis Wrestling one time. So then the next time that I saw him, when we really just, like, you know, really clicked up with an OCO, the Big Daddy brought him, you know, a couple guys in like that. So, so you know, Rodney watched my match. 
So Ronnie's like, man, you know, hey, you know, hey, I, you know, I run the show with Jones. I'm like, you come over here, you can work out, and I can get you where you need to be. You know what I'm saying? I try to make some calls, get you a trial, yada, yada, like that and stuff. So then, you know, and, and of course, me being me, I have to do it when I'm ready to do it. And he stayed on, he stayed on, he stayed on me. Like, so I'm like, okay, well, I come do the show. So I did the show. You know, so then he was like, well, we get up here real early, we train, you know, to work out with us like that. So, of course, me, you know, I'm not going to be in on damn rap show no fucking 12, 5, 1 o'clock. Right. And the show don't start like 7.30. I'm not doing it. Okay. So he stayed on, he stayed on, man, he said, come and work out his train with us, just train with us. Oh, shit, okay. So I come up there, and we trained, and it was just so much passion in that building. So much passion in that building. We train for like two, three hours. We take a lunch break, come back, and we get ready for the night show. And from that point on, I was hooked. Every I was there every week, you know, to train. We train two, three hours, depends on how many people were there, you know. And you know, and I trained with him, and I, and I learned again, you know, like I learned with Ruth, how to be cool, how to lay back, how to chill the fuck out, how to chill the fuck out, like that and stuff. And you know, Ronnie is one of the guys, seriously. Like I said, I be like me no matter what it is, I like to be around passionate people. And Rodney is probably one of the most, if not the most passionate person I've met in the rest of it. And I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate. I think Rodney is passionate to a fault to where, you know, with what he has to offer, like that himself, people take advantage of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he's a dummy, but he he seriously loves this. And like, you know, because I had some, you know, issues that I didn't, you know, I wasn't feeling for the company. He, he, you know, he wasn't writing the checks or anything like that. So we had some issues or whatever, but it's like, I told us, man, I said, you know what? I said, if I leave, I said, it'll never be for money. I said, you know, I said, I said you know, if you got this much passion with, I would never leave because of money. And I stayed, and I didn't need the money. It was a matter of principle. Like I said, don't insult me. I get the stuff. So I didn't need it. I was going to keep some money in my pocket, you know, but again, like I said, it just, you know, like I said, you know, you know, and. And back to, you know, and then he eventually brought Ron in, like, that. so it's like, okay, so I can still, you know, somebody I can learn off of. But at that time, I was probably most other, you know, other than Rodney, the most seasoned guy in the company, Jonesboro, but then they brought, you know, Ron in. I'm like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? So then it was, like, kind of cool to get in the ring with him. You know, when I first started, you know, I was against Ron, so now some years have passed. You know, I had my first experience with WWE. You know, and I had you know put some more miles on my body on my vehicle, so I learned. So, okay, you'll see how I, you know, how I fare now. I get stuff, and I'm pretty sure that you know, and, you know, I think we, you know, he 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 saw a difference. You know what I'm saying? And I was more confident in myself. I was a little bit, off, but I was a lot bigger that time, and so I had to put on some weight. But it was kind of cool, and I honestly think he was one of the guys that didn't that didn't get the you know his fair shake. You know, in the business, at least in this area, I don't think he had his fair shake. You know, so, but what can you do? Man, I've been trying to get a hold of Ron, and I, he's seen my messages, uh, and uh, he, he, he needs, we need to hook him up and try to get him on here, so you need to get a word out there for me so we can do this. I will. I, I, I definitely will. I know he has a lot, he has a lot of knowledge that he can share, and a lot of, you know, and, 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 and a lot of guys in this area who are starting out who think they got it. They definitely need to, you know, if, if, you know, if nothing else fuck what I said tonight. You know what I'm saying? Listen to this guy. You know, listen to this guy right here. So he, you know, he has real deep old school roots in this area, you know. Oh, definitely. Well, brother, we appreciate you coming on and doing the show. And it's been a blast catching up with you and learning a little bit about your history. And definitely going to have to get you back on closer to April to put over your show again and, and get your name out there for that. And we hope, you know, we wish you the best. Maybe we can come over and do some footage for you to put on our YouTube channel and, and put you out there there and, you know, maybe come to a live podcast at your show. We've been going around. We've done some at Redeem Wrestling, and we're going back down there to do that again. And, you know, maybe we can do something like that. But, brother, it's been a blast having you on. Man, thank y'all for having me as well. It's good to catch up. And Well, Parker, I love you, man. I, don't take it the wrong way, but I love you. You're a good guy. You've, uh, you've been a lot of help to my career. And I appreciate everything you did. Me and me. Too, man. I love you too, man. You no, I'm not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get to tell him thank you yet. You done made him cry. Are you buying drinks this weekend? Uh, well, you see, my bank account ain't set up like that. Shit, you know, so I can buy a drink. And if water counts as a drink, I'm oh, buying all night. <laughs> I probably don't need anything more than water. Well, I appreciate yeah, well, you, brother. Yeah. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good night, man. All right, bro.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was another great episode of Wrestling with the Locals. We just did with Poker Face, who is a uh, true legend around the Mid-South area. We want to thank our sponsors, CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use code CCWA29, save you 10% off of all merchandise purchases there. Also, rent one in Swirls of the Paragold area. Um, we hope everyone's downloading the shows. Check out our Patreon website, Wrestling with the Locals there. You can check us out on Twitter at Locals Wrestling. Check us out on our Facebook page. Wrestling with the Locals. Catch us at Instagram, CCWA Booker and CCWA Commissioner. CCWA is going to be coming back bigger and better than ever. So don't count that out yet. We are still working on bringing that back to you. Uh, but definitely check out CollarandElbowBrand.com, code CCWA29. You're Gabriel Devine? I am the Crescent City Saint, Gabriel Devine. I'm Titanic. Bye-bye.